Let's try this again. Hey guys, <laughs> it's Ed. I'm coming to you live from the Drunk Hassup Studios here in New York City. <laughs> okay, so you, you have to be wondering why I'm laughing already. <laughs> it's because I recorded the intro um, just like two seconds prior to this, and I completely screwed it up. <laughs> I literally said, hey guys, it's Drunk Gossip. I'm in Ed's studio. <laughs> <laughs> that is very systematic of the week I've had. It's been a, whole, a bad week. Um, I'm I'm supposed to be moving apartments. Um, and there's some sort of holdup with the keys. Um, it's just been a whole mess. And... So, you know, I do get frustrated, and apparently my brain is going to start flipping things on me, because that's what I need right now. <laughs> Someone else having a very bad week is Wendy Williams. Um, we've talked about her all week. Instead of True Crime Saturday, I think we're going to do um, a Wendy Williams special tomorrow. Um... Because there's been so much that's come out about her um, this week. Um, but first and foremost, let's talk about this. Because she... Okay, so on Monday, her husband's mistress had his love child. Then she was found drunk and rushed through the hospital... And she had to do all this while while the public was watching. My heart really does go out to her. I, you know, it sounds sarcastic, but no, I'm I'm dead serious. My heart goes out to Wendy Williams because I don't think she's a bad person. Um, I haven't always been a fan of hers. We've talked about this. Um, I, I, I do think that there's a part. Of her that needs to get her shit together. But for the most part, she, you know, she's a very reasonable person. Um, she's whip smart. She loves pop culture, and that's, that's the thing. Like, I look at some of these other talk show hosts, and they're not great with pop culture. I'm like, how, how are you a celebrity? How are you working in the entertainment field? And you're not great with with pop culture. Um, but she is. And I think that's one of the things I respect most about her. That and I, I think I told you guys. Her interviewing ability. My God. If, if a network hired her as an interviewer their ratings would be through the roof. Because she's not... She's not one of those softball-y, oh... You know... When you transition, what's your female name gonna be? No, she goes straight for the core. Why did you sell your daughter sex tape? Boom! And I, I really do think that this, we need more of that. Um, and what, we, what else we need more of is... We really need more of just her spirit. 
you know, as I said, I, I'm not always the, big, the biggest fan of hers. I think sometimes, um, sometimes I think she can be a little mean. Sometimes she can be a little, um, a little hypocritical. You know, she talks about other people's marriage, but then she wants to... Sweep hers under the rug. Act like hers doesn't happen or didn't happen or, you know, hers is this perfect, pristine picture of matrimony. And that bothers me. It bothers me a lot. But, you know, at the same time, it's not like I'm exactly out there flashing my personal life. If you guys want to comment on it, please do. <laughs> because it would, your comments would probably be more interesting than what actually happens. <laughs> oh, it would not be an episode without me coughing at you guys. So, yeah. So, Wendy, we hope your week gets better. And I'm going to go and I'm going to be right back. And I'm back. So, okay, you guys know I love soaps. I've talked about it before. Um, people keep telling me to watch Jane the Virgin because it's very much, it's a telenovela and it's very much up my speed. And I'm going to, I swear I'm going to. I think I'm just going to let the final season um, play out and then when it when the final season hits Netflix, I'll binge it. Just like Crazy Ex-Girlfriend, I've been told to watch that. And it's the same thing, I'm going to binge it at the end because... <clears throat> For me, I, I just don't... I don't see the point if I know the, the series finale is coming up. I don't see the point of watching a show um, and then being left on a cliffhanger until it hits Netflix. Um, but anyways... <laughs> got way sidetracked. This is why I get yelled at, guys. <laughs> so, so... Um, and I was actually loving General Hospital again for the first time in years um, when Billy Miller was playing Jason and then they brought back Steve Burton as Drew, or, excuse me, they brought back Steve Burton as Jason and made Billy Miller Drew. And then they brought back um, Tamara Braun as a new character instead of Carly and it was just a big mess. And it made no damn sense. And I stopped watching again. <laughs> but. Rumor has it. That Steve Burton. May have stepped in doo-doo. And. He could be on his way to being fired. A la Roseanne. So. General Hospital airs on ABC. Which is owned by Disney. Um, and. I, I need to make this clarification here. So I I brought up the Roseanne comparison. ABC didn't technically fire Roseanne. Um, Winter Entertainment actually fired Roseanne um, from her sitcom. ABC doesn't own Roseanne at all. So essentially what they did is they said to Warner, fire her or the series is canceled. There was nothing that the producers could have done <clears throat> to fire her. So they let the series be canceled. 
and then it wrapped back around to, um, he, they worked out some sort of, um, agreement, and Roseanne walked away, presumably with a big chunk of change, and, um, they got to continue on with the Connors. The distinction here is General Hospital is wholly owned by ABC Studios. And, of course, ABC Studios is owned by Disney. So, in this case, in in this Steve Burton case, the rumor is that he's about to be fired from General Hospital because he was on a podcast um, with Bradford Anderson and allegedly he made some racist comments. I have not heard these comments myself. I've only read about them. Um, and I'm going to be on it. Like, I don't like Steve Burton. I don't think he's a good actor. I used to think he was fucking hot. Like, um, but I do not think he's a good actor. Um, and he has not aged well. Um, but when I've read interviews with him, um, he does come across as a jackass. He does come across as um, someone who's out for himself. He doesn't care about his castmates. He doesn't care about um, really anyone but himself. He he tries to play off the family angle, but it doesn't really work. Um, so, rumor has it that ABC has been looking for a reason to get rid of him. Um, when they brought him back, they were expecting this huge surge in the ratings, and they didn't get it. In fact, the ratings have been fairly steady, and he commands a huge salary. Him, Maurice Bernard, um, and Laura Wright, who are General Hospital's big three. Um, so... If you can get rid of one of the three and still have the same ratings, and but reduce the payroll by, you know, a million dollars or whatever the case is, why wouldn't you do that? Uh, and using, using his remarks for being racist gives them a reason to use the morals clause that's probably in each of their contracts. Um, this is a developing story. I'm going to stay on it. Um, as I know more information, I'll pass it on to you guys. And until then, I'm going to go and I will be right back. And we have some breaking news. <coughs> Melissa McCarthy, and I'll tell you, let me try this again. Melissa McCarthy and Octavia Spencer have been set as the leads for a Netflix superhero movie called Thunder Force. Um... Uh, Melissa McCarthy's husband, Ben Falcone, will be the director. And there's no... Um, there's no official logline that's been released as of yet. Um, but it's, it's being said that it's going to focus on the two ladies getting superpowers. I'm also assuming that it's going to be um, more of a comedic vehicle than anything... Because, um, I mean, Melissa McCarthy is a comedy superstar. Um, 
And Octavia Spencer, if you guys haven't watched um, her turn in on Mom, go watch it. She is so funny. Um, and it, it is very, actually very poignant. And you can see why she's an Oscar winner. Of course, I love me some Octavia Spencer. And I love me some Melissa McCarthy. So I'm really excited for this movie. <clears throat> I had wanted to see Can You Ever Forgive Me? Um, I just never got around to going to the theater to see it. Um, but I've, I've heard that Melissa McCarthy is so good at it and that she, the Oscar nomination was so well-deserved. Um, uh, I don't I think I said this, but the movie is going to be on Netflix. And, Netflix, you know, here's the, here's the thing. I, like, I really respect Netflix's business decision, um to release their movies just for a short time in theaters and then put them on the streaming service right away that means everyone can enjoy it. But I also think that at some point you really need to... I I think they're going to have to rethink how these things... Because they're spending hundreds and hundreds of millions of dollars on these movies... And I, you know, I get it. Their their return on investment is the return on investment is when they get subscribers. And you know, if their subscribers are watching their movies and whatnot, um, but you know, and this this is what I call the bird box syndrome. So they said 40 million people watched Bird Box. Here in New York, the average um, movie ticket is about $15. Um, so, theoretically, 40 million people went to go see Bird Box. They would have brought in $600 million. Now... Let's be clear. I know that if it was at the um if it was if it went to the theaters, forty million forty million people probably would not have stampeded out. Um it probably would have made about half of that. But even at three hundred million, that movie didn't cost that much to make. Um I'm I'm looking to see if I can find the budget right now. So the budget was under twenty million dollars. So even a return of a hundred million would have been great for them, and would have been the first time that they've shown any sort of profit. the The great thing about this is they do have a bunch of content, and they own a lot of it now. Like they own. Um, Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt, they own Bojack Horseman, um, they don't own Fuller House, I don't believe, uh, and they don't own One Day at a Time, which is why I got cancelled. Um, Stranger Things they own, so they, they do make money. Um, I guess, uh, (laughs) trying to wrap this back around to Melissa McCarthy and Octavia Spencer and their movie Thunder Force... I guess what I'm trying to say is 
if if I were an executive at Netflix, I would argue to at least have the movie out in theaters for a month or so. Soak up as much money as you can. And it would be great promotion for when you put it on the streaming service. But what do I know? I'm going to go and I'm going to be right back. And I am back. So, okay. I was reading this book called um, Primates of Park Avenue by Wednesday Martin. And it, it inspired me. It inspired a story. Um, I've been working on it. Like, when I say I've been working on it, I mean I've been playing around with it, trying to make it turn and work. Um, and then I got really super scared for a while because I was like, oh, am I going to get in trouble for writing this? Like, because it's inspired by someone else's work. And, and you know, I started freaking out. And then... So I'm, I'm freaking out, and people are like, why are you freaking out? Like, you know, it, it's fine to be inspired by someone else. And, and, and I realized this. Um, you know, my favorite movie, Clueless, um, Amy Huckerling was inspired by Jane Austen's Emma. Um, and Tina Fey... Who I love. I just love, love, love Tina Fey. Um, she was inspired to write Mean Girls after she read Queen Bees and Wannabes. And so then I was like, alright, you know, obviously these will be much different storylines. Um, I'm still kind of working with it at one point. It was going to have a very Gossip Girl feel to it with um, with the two main characters being frenemies and then surrounded by their boyfriends, friends, and families. And then I started thinking, you know, you know like, I, I still think it'd be a really cool concept to do a Gossip Girl for adults. Um, I'm just not sure that that's the right... Um, that the story that I have planned for this is the right way to do it. So then I started thinking, you know, what would be cool to riff on and, you know, still have it be my own, but what would be something really cool that I could riff on and, um... And kind of, like, have something... Because what publishers want now... Even though... Generally speaking, I prefer self-publishing. Because I get to keep my rights. I get to um, decide what what to do, if anything. You know, if, if a studio wants to make it into a TV show... I get to decide whether I sell it or not. Um, whereas if... I were to... If I were to sell my rights... I would have to get permission, or um, if I were to sell the book to a publisher, they would have the right to say, oh, Sony is going to make this, and, you know, I'm using Crazy Witch, Crazy Rich Homos as an example. Let's say I sold 
um, CRH to to a publisher, they could say, oh, well, you know, Sony wants to make the movie, but Scott is going to become Sally, and, and Crazy Rich Homos is going to actually be XYZ, and Crazy Rich Hormones or something, I don't know, <laughs> um, we're, and first of all, they I don't really actually believe that they would make that big of a change, but it just think it's those things that I think about because like I said, it it I, I poured my heart and soul into this. Um you know Will and I were talking about his book, which is so good, and I told him I can actually see a movie studio wanting to make a movie out of it and I mean it and I'm not just saying because he's my friend and the producer um, but he's actually very talented he sets everything up and there's really a need for um, fantasy franchises right now um, so I can really see um, him doing very well with it once he actually takes it out into the market. Which will hopefully be soon because I'm still waiting on chapter 11. Hint, hint, William. <laughs> so, anyway, so... I'm still working on what to do with um, Upper East Side Bitches. And I started thinking about it again because originally my my thought was to make it a blog um there was a book called i think it was called startup and the author started this and started the story um by blogging it and as she blogged it she became more and more popular and then after a certain chapter she started hiding it behind a paywall and people started paying for it. And I was like, oh, that's brilliant. That's absolutely brilliant. And then I was like, oh, well, you know, I need to do, like, I can do that. So I, I came up with this whole concept and, uh, um, And I started advertising it um, via my Facebook and Twitter pages. And Time Hop just reminded me. And then... So I kind of revisited this. Um, and I still think that the idea has has legs. I still think it's a really cool idea. But now that I'm actually back in New York... And I can... Be around and I'm a little bit more comfortable in being campy... I'm trying to figure out, you know, if maybe I want to navigate a little more to the over the top or not. Um, so maybe I just need to watch Mean Girls again. Um, or, you know, have a drink or two. <laughs> I'm going to go and I'm going to be right back. And I'm back. So all week, literally all week, we've, um, 
we've been talking about the view. Um, I think every single day it's been the last story. So Sunday, I'm debating. I don't know. Um, we might do another view episode, or we might do some blind, uh, blind items. Um, I'll figure it out. Um, anyways, but today, most of the, most of the uh, rest of the week was kind of a drag. Um, you know, it was feuds and fighting and nastiness. And so this week, I really wanted to end on a good note. I really wanted us to have, um, I really wanted us to have a positive into our week. Um, I don't know if you guys had a bad week like I did, but if you did, I'm hoping that this story will make you smile because it made me smile. So, we were, like I said, we've been talking about The View all week. Rosie O'Donnell has been at the center of most of these stories. Um, Whether it was a feud like um, in the last episode with her feud with Kelly Ripa, her feud with Barbara Walters, her feud with Whoopi Goldberg. (laughs) At some point, you just have to say, who's really the asshole here? Um... And, and, you know, honestly, this is what I love about Rosie. She actually owns it. She knows. Um, I don't think she thinks she's in the wrong all the time, but she will say, like, yeah, I'm an asshole. Yeah, I I screwed up. And more than anything, that's what I respect about her, is the fact that she can't say, yeah, I I got nothing stepped in it, guys. You know, I, I fucked up. Um... But this time, she didn't fuck up. She actually helped um, Sherry Shepard get a better salary. Um, so Sherry Shepard shared this. She was, she was in debt more than $500,000. She didn't give an exact figure, but... Suffice it to say, it was a lot of money she was in debt when she got the offer to join The View. And it was a really low offer, and she wasn't going to take it. Um, because it was it was such a low ball offer. And she was like, you know... You know, I've always thought of myself as an actress. Like, I don't think I'm going to... I don't think I'm going to do this. And her and Rosie somehow started texting. Again, it's not very clear. Maybe it'll be clearer in the book. Um, ladies who punch. Uh, but, so, so they started texting and Rosie's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. And, um, this is what Sherry Shepard said about Rosie. Or, this is what she said to Rosie. This is what they're offering me, which is hugely, hugely grossly low. Rosie was amazing. She said to me, this is what I made. This is what Joy makes. This is what Elizabeth makes. They had offered me a salary that was lower than Elizabeth. Rosie said, you're an, you're an established actress. Go back and counter with this amount. And they came up. And Rosie also told her, like, to ask for more perks. 
Um, again, this is this is Sherry Shepard talking. They paid my rent worth eighty five thousand for the first year. They also gave her. They originally they only offered her a business class ticket, one business class ticket to New York. But as part of her renegotiated deal, she got eight first class tickets to visit Los Angeles to see her son because her son couldn't come with her originally. Um, because she was in the custody battle. So now Sherry it helps other women who are launching their talk shows or joining a, a talk show panel. Um, she says, to this day, if, if there's a woman who does a talk show, I'll let her know what I make. Um, and then they talk about... Cheryl Underwood, who is a co-host on The Talk, which is a View knockoff. And Cheryl didn't know what she was supposed to make. Um, Sherry says, She had no clue and I told her, Of course they're going to offer you the lowest amount. I was very thankful to Rosie for what she did for me. And you know what? Like I said, I just love that story. I love that story so much. Because it restores my faith. Like... And it goes to prove no one's all good or all bad. Um, and Sherry was actually went on to co-host for quite a while. Um, in fact, I thought she, I thought she co-hosted with Rosie, um, but I must I must be wrong. I know. Um, the reason why I thought that. Let me explain. It's because rumor has has always been that Rosie told them that she would not work with Star Jones. And then Star Jones orchestrated this thing where, um, I don't know if you guys remember, but they had actually set Star's big announcement for the la- for the Friday, I think before they went on break. And that's when she was supposed to tell everyone um, that she was leaving. But she started to surprise everyone and was like, by the way, I'm leaving. And Barbara was pissed about Like, on air you could see Barbara was pissed. Um, so I, I thought that Sherry Shepard came on right after that, but... Apparently, I am not correct in that assumption. But in any case, it's like I said, it's great that Rosie helped her, and it really does restore faith. And that's going to do it for me for this week. Thank you guys so much, as always, for listening. Um, tomorrow, I'll look for the Wendy Williams episode. True Crime Saturdays will return next week. Um, and Sunday. There will be an episode. Um, I, I, I have so much material that's pre-recorded, not necessarily already in episode form, but I record some segments just to record. Um, so I don't know if it's going to be a blind. I don't know if it's going to a blind episode. I don't know if it's going to be um, something we've talked about at length, or if it's just going to be me blathering, as per usual. <laughs> Um, 
Anyways, until we talk again, cheers.